It is so wonderful to be here once again. I wanted to continue this conversation that we had with Bernard previously. So welcome back. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I think I heard a statement that you made before that the United States is the greatest land. I strongly believe that uh, the U.S. is the greatest country in the world, and I've traveled to over uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 countries, some good, some bad, some first world, some third world. And, you know, the opportunities we have here and the quality of life we have here and, and the freedom we have here is just unparalleled across the world. And I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You know, people like Elon Musk are saying the same thing, which he's South African, by the way, and, you know, naturalized American now and and, and diehard uh, uh, fan of America, and rightly so, because the types of companies he's built, Tesla Motors, SpaceX, Neuralink, I mean, that wouldn't be possible anywhere else. There's a reason he's in America. And uh, after I traveled, especially during military travels, you know, some good parts like Europe, some dangerous parts like Iraq, uh, uh, parts of Africa. And yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just, we're, we're so blessed to be here. And, and a lot of times we focus on all the wrong things, but we don't realize how good we have it here. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of problems we have to fix, you know, poverty levels, uh, health problems, and, and a lot of political, uh, uh movements that, uh, they could help shape the political arena and, and make it a little more fair, a little more, uh, democratic, but, but still balanced. But compared to any other part of the world, I mean, we're, it, it's unparalleled. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're all blessed. And I'm very grateful every day that I wake up in America. And, um, if we were under control of China or some of these other regimes and countries, it, it would be a much, much different story. And, and I think a lot of people that, that, that haven't traveled or, or that, you know, don't know people from other cultures or other parts of the world, they just, they focus on the bad and uh, they, you know, a lot of people just don't realize how good they have it, but we're blessed. So definitely being in other countries open more your mind and to the realities of what good it is that you enjoy living in the United States, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing like immersion. So when you travel somewhere, that's part of why I love traveling. You know, not only did I do it for work, but I did it for fun too or for business or whatever, um, for training like we were talking about Thailand and fighting down there on the last podcast or the last time we talked. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, throwing yourself out there and visiting and, and being uncomfortable and learning is, is the best way. And, and it makes me realize how, you know, how good your life is. And the gratitude is extremely important. And that's something I didn't learn until too late in life, in my opinion. And it's something I try to remind myself of and live by as much as I can. It is so wonderful that you were not only traveling because of work or because of your responsibility with the army, but also for pleasure. And that you chose well the places where you wanted to go because it takes planning as well, isn't it? And once you're there, tell us a way that you can easily be immersed in the culture. What is would you recommend? Yeah, um, go out and explore. So I'll give you an example you know, I was always into martial arts and, and fighting and all that and training. And, and so I got the opportunity to uh, to travel around Southeast Asia a little bit. And on one of those occasions, um, I flew into Japan, into Tokyo. So I spent, I think, four days there. And for two of those days, while me and my buddy were, were walking around, we saw a gym that had like a cool little boxing anime figure and like an MMA guy or something. 
And so we went up there and, and checked it out, you know, couldn't speak the language. Luckily, the coach and gym owner, he was a pro MMA fighter in the Japanese circuits, and he knew a little bit of English and just enough to be able to charge us and, and <laughs> say, you know, what kind of punch combinations, one, two, one, two, three, this and that, faster, slower, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so me and my friend went in there and, and you, we paid him a little, a little fee. I can't remember it was like $20, $30 or something. But in return, we got to train with him for one of his group classes. And then he spent some private time with us, which I'm sure we got more than our values worth. Uh, he even gave me a shirt, which was super cool. And, you know, immersing ourselves. Um, I wish I could say I beat him, but he definitely he definitely <laughs> had me beat. I think I got him in boxing, but he got me in the wrestling and in submissions. And it was a really good workout. I had been a little rusty back then, but afterwards, so I spent, you know, like two hours getting beat up by this pro fighter, but then he took us out to a really cool, legitimate ramen, like Tokyo ramen soup place. This restaurant was literally maybe four feet wide at the most. So we were, you know, jam packed in this tiny, tiny spot, but it was definitely one of the best ramen soups I've ever had. And then, you know, I would have never even known to go there if it wasn't for him. So it's really true that you enjoy the country that you go when you travel with the people that lives there. So my friend didn't live there. He was traveling from South Korea. Um, we just ended up having a, to match up. And I think he saw one of my Instagram stories or something. He's like, oh, you're in Tokyo? Oh, I can be in Tokyo tomorrow. <laughs> He's a pilot. So he was able to change his schedule with uh, one of the major airlines and, and was able to fly in as part of work and then get the crew rest for the next three nights. Oh, and wow. those are the same nights I was there. So that ended up well. But um, if we hadn't gone into that gym, we would have never discovered that awesome exactly. ramen place. So even if you're not there with somebody that's from there, because he's not from there, uh, I'm not from there, but we were able to go out there and meet people and, and go to the gym and meet people that are into the same kind of stuff. And then from that connection extends other connections. And it's a whole, you know, social networking theory mm -hmm. is, is, you know, very true theory, in my opinion. It's not so much about what you know, it's it's who you know, but what you know helps with yes. who you know. Definitely. So you love Hawaii, obviously, because you spend a lot of time there. Tell me, describe some of the beauty. Hawaii is a magical place. It, it really is. And we're blessed to have it as, as one of our 50 states for sure. Um, I'm thinking about buying a house there, actually. I like it that much. I, I've, I've never really I haven't bought a house yet. And, and I've, I've, I like a few different locations. I'm obviously a big fan of Seattle. I've been living there for a bit. But yeah, Hawaii is different. There's something magical about being thousands of miles away from mainland civilization and being literally in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I mean, you take your phone out, you Google Maps Hawaii, and it gives you an idea of just how isolated it is. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's a reason there's so many sharks and sea turtles and awesome fish and just amazing wildlife out there. Because it, it's, you know giant undersea volcanoes is what Hawaii is. Yes. And it, it, it's amazing because the amount of energy and power and, and just everything that's going out there, just being in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, the biggest ocean on earth, surrounded by nothing but thousands of miles of ocean. is it, It's something magical about that place. The thing about Hawaii too is, you know, there's a bunch of islands and uh, uh, a lot of people go to Oahu where Honolulu is and that's my least favorite because it's it feels more like a big city, and, and that's not what I like going to Hawaii for. So I, I definitely like Maui, uh, Kauai, and, and even Big Island uh, much more because 
you get more of the feeling of isolation. You know, you see some cooler wildlife. You literally, you know, I'll go out, I'll be working all day, uh, working remotely, of course, on the computer, meetings, phone calls, programming. Then I'll take a nice hour, hour and a half break for lunch to go out to the beach and, you know, get a little picnic going with my girlfriend. She cooks us some really good vegetarian and vegan meals. And we're literally sitting down on a nice stretch of beach. We walk past where all the main people walk and, and go kind of to where you have to jump fences or go around bushes and thorns or basically get where you can be more isolated. And then uh, we're literally just surrounded by beautiful waves, sand and sea turtles. Turtles just come out and they hang out right next to you. It's it's actually very, very cool. And That's very cool. And, you know, and, it, and you think it would be rare, but it's not rare at all. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're feeling really adventurous and, and you're coordinated enough, then they're surfing. I'm still not good enough yet, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. All right. Definitely action is something that's it's been pretty much part of your life. So depending on the place that you are, you'll find something to do. Yeah, there's something about movement that I think is good for you and something, you know, the older I get um, and the more I learn, the less I realize I know about the world. But then also the less I realize that science, society, engineering, academia or academics, um, government, you know, society in general, the less I, the, the less they know about the world. I mean, what I mean by that is there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been explained. You know, we don't really know how the brain works. We don't really know how the earth works. We don't really know what's out there in space. We don't even know what's under the ocean. Um, I mean, most of it's uncharted. We don't know what's in the rainforest. We don't know exactly how our gut biome works or how, you know, our body even really functions. You know, we have like basic ideas, yes. but but we there's a lot that hasn't been proven that people assume have been proven. But the older I get, I, I realize there's something about energy and motion probably part of the reason I was into martial arts, probably part of the reason that I used to race motorcycles in college, probably part of the reason I still have that same motorcycle and it bring, brings me extreme joy to rip it on the streets of Seattle uh, in the rare sunny days we get. Um, but there's something about motion that uh, that seems to lead towards uh, not only success, but maybe like happiness or creativity, it's like just positivity overall is what I've noticed. Yes, definitely. There is times to be still and enjoy and be immersed, like in the beauty that you described a while ago, but there is also times to keep on going and moving. Um, you went hunting a couple of days ago? How was that? Can you tell us? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Um, and it was here in South Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, I went with my dad, and, and we were going to go uh, try to catch a doe. We got to see a lot of deer out there, and it was really good. And and we uh, we actually bagged a, a pretty good one. We didn't weigh her, but um, I'd say maybe 135 pounds at least. So good amount of meat. And and I think to me, hunting, you know, a lot of people hate on hunting, and I think they they don't realize what it's about. But they also don't realize that the animals that are, you know, being processed for your food, whether it's at a fast food place or at the supermarket. Those animals were not treated or slaughtered as humanely as we hunters take our meals from the wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the meat that we're harvesting from the wild is is about as organic as it gets. It's This is real, real organic um, and really, really good food. I mean, no pesticides, no GMOs, none of that crap. Um, and, and we really do, we, you know, every hunter strives to, to get that humane kill to, to be able to, to harvest uh, the animal as quickly and cleanly as possible. And 
you know, most of the time it's magnitudes cleaner and more humane than any kind of processing meat uh, facility that's processing the meat that you're buying in the supermarket. So I think it's, I think people that, that don't like hunting and don't like hunters really need to, to do their research and, and figure out what part of it is it that they don't like. And, and if they don't like that, then how, how can they not feel as passionate about the meat in the supermarket? So tell us about the time you spent there in solitude. Yeah, well, we had a we had a crazy uh, big white owl kind hey. of chasing us at some point. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah it was big. I, it was I, chasing you. Well, I mean, it was like kind of circling around uh-huh. and kind of like checking us out and coming near us. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know what, it's, what what its deal was, but it definitely uh, definitely hung out longer than I expected it to, and it was pretty big. Um, yeah, we were uh, we were trying to bag some pigs and some hogs after the the dough that we did harvest. Tell me about your personal experience of spending time with your father. And not only that, but also being immersed in the nature that is also beauty because each place, any part in the world, it has its beauty. Oh yeah, the sunset's free for everyone, everywhere. And that's something I try to always take in. And when you're out hunting, you're usually out in the middle of nowhere, so the sunset looks a lot prettier. Um, I remember the colors turning, you know, orange and then purple and blue and and then the night came on uh i remember the coyotes started singing which was really cool the owl kind of chases after that and you know there's something about hunting too that that it gets you away from civilization and gets you away from the screen and and you get to go out and most of the time it really is just hiking with some sort of weapon or tool um most of the time hunters aren't successful and uh a large part of the, the reason you know, we like going out and hunting isn't so much for the sport or the, or the thrill because that's definitely part of it and it's a great part of it and something that's ingrained in human psychology for thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years, but it's also just being out in nature and being there with, with people that you love. So, um, it, yeah, it was really good, you know, see the sunset there. I mean, my dad, uh, uh, you know, trying to track some animals and then also uh, when the stars came out, the coyotes howl and, um, we got to see the Milky Way too. Uh, I looked up and I could I couldn't look back down. I'm a big stargazer, and especially in Hawaii. But you know, we have some clear parts of the sky here in Texas too, and all over the world. And and when the Milky Way popped out, I mean, it just kind of reminded me that that you know all of our lives are are meaningless, and we're just a tiny speck in the middle of the cosmos, and some sort of energy transfer and. Yeah, it's very, very impactful and very it's powerful. Uh, very powerful, yeah. That's amazing. You know, like I was saying, there's pretty good stargazing in Hawaii, and and but yeah, I mean, the Milky Way I saw here from Texas was just as good, if not better, than some of the ones I saw in in uh, Hawaii recently. And it's it, it's pretty crazy to think a lot of the best things for your health and for your life are free. Exactly. Like cold showers, running, getting fresh air you know, stargazing, like uh, the sunset, the sunrise, like all these things are very important biomarkers and psychological uh, uh, enhancers in my opinion. And and they just feel good and they help you do hard things like with the cold showers, they help you train your mind and get more, uh, more functional, more capable. And they're all free. You know, it doesn't cost money to take a cold shower. Wow. It doesn't cost money to see the sunset. It doesn't cost money. I was going to uh, hold you for a moment. Uh, my father, my dear puppy, 
he all his life he took cold showers even when it was freezing cold outside because being from Durango over there it gets a little bit more cold than here in the winter time he would say I will be like papi did you take a shower in cold water no estaba desheladita it's like it was not freezing cold but it was just cold enough it's like oh my gosh actually that's amazing that you're doing this Yeah, so I, re I read studies and I, I saw a bunch of podcasts and, and I tried my own experiments out and there's something about it, you know, obviously anti-inflammatory purposes and other kinds of bio uh, uh, benefits, but there's something about the mental fortitude that you can start building because nobody likes cold showers. If somebody tells you they like it, they're lying. I don't <laughs> like it, but I still do it because cause it's hard. And the more you trick and train your mind into doing hard things, the easier other hard things get. So then... You know, whereas you might have trouble doing those job applications or reaching out to people or networking or putting mm -hmm. yourself out there or putting your business out there or going back to school or graduating school or whatever your problems are, they all become much easier uh, when you're sitting there in the cold shower and thinking about how cold it is and how much you can't wait to be done and get out. We are just so accustomed to all commodities of life which not necessarily are good for our health isn't it i mean now uh, i'm aware of the lack of vitamin d that most of the population is suffering here at least in the united states because most of us spend the time indoors and it is so free because you can just get all of this with the sun that's another free benefit yeah that's a vitamin d production it happens when your skin absorbs sunlight and uh, that's another free you know ginormous benefit to your biology and your mental well-being. Yes. Now I know that you've always been drawn to outside, to outdoors, to nature. And, uh, you know, I remember when my children were small, they were young. Uh, we discovered a caterpillar once in our backyard. And we just went and looked at it. It consumed the whole plant that was there in a, like in two days and then we were looking for it and we saw it that it formed the chrysalis and we will go every day different times of the day to see the progress or the development and one day we were able to see when it was emerging as a butterfly that was just so amazing and just think that this is free and it was in our own backyard it's just amazing it's like uh, we miss so many opportunities you said a while ago we are just on the screen looking at the screen and this and that but the most beautiful things that we have around us are free and are waiting for us yeah 100 and and you know i spend a lot of time behind the screen because you know i'm running two businesses i got two teams we're expanding we're developing there's a lot of networking and there's a lot of Of a lot of hard programming work and coding and putting pieces together and people together but i always make it a point to at the very least get an hour outdoors at the very least even if, if i need to take a phone call I'll, i'll take it outdoor and i'll walk the dog or i'll go on a little three mile run or a one mile run or a brisk walk or anything and and i think my, my mental well-being and, and my body just feels a lot better knowing that I at least, even if it's, even if you can only squeeze in 30 minutes, squeeze in 30 minutes to go outside and walk in, like you said, pay attention to the things around you, live in the present, and uh, and you'd be surprised at how much better you'll start feeling very quickly. That's wonderful that you said that. So if you could say something to the adolescents, some words that you will give them, let's say for somebody who is in high school right now, 
because uh, we started this conversation previously about the time that you took off. I think you took off with just uh, a bag that fit in the airplane, and that was it. Went to a dorm and really don't have nothing but what fit in that bag. So, you know, there's people who think that, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. I won't be able to achieve it. Well, what would you tell to these young generations, young people? Because I think really the worst uh, thing that we have against us is ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, to high school age and even younger and even older, I think, uh, it, 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 you know, it doesn't really change. You know, there's no secret to success. And um, it. a lot of this, I've you know, I read a lot of books. I read like two or three books a month. Um, and this is something I started doing fairly recently, maybe a year ago. I started reading this much. Before that, I, w- I would read maybe two books a year. And now it's, I, I realized the uh, two big parts of success are learning and working hard. If you really want to achieve something, you can do it. It's just a matter of learning and working hard. Don't be afraid of failure, right? And I think that kind of falls under working hard, but it's okay to fail as long as you learn from it and then you get up and try again. It's only when you fail and you stay down that you really fail. But if you fail and you get up and learn from it, um, it's, it's you know, you'll be successful. It's funny, they did a study and they've studied the most successful people on earth um, and this was a very, very good study. I don't remember who, which university or who, who did it, but uh, they had a lot of data points and, and it was a very massive study that went on for years. And, and they found uh, uh, the number one correlator for success. What do you think it was? Well, a lot of people think like intelligence, right? Or they think of like adaptability or they think of, um, uh, you know, talent or networking or social connections or whatnot. Uh, the number one correlation for success was actually failure Mm. so all the people that they study they were extremely successful the one thing they all had in common was they all failed then they got up and they tried again and they did it better or in a different way or they failed again but then they learned and then they got up and tried again but the number one correlator of success is failure yes so i want to ask you about Words that you can tell to parents, parents of these young generations, if you could say something to them uh, that will be probably very useful on believing in their kids and and on uh, helping them be successful and be independent, what will that be? Well, I was going to say I'm not a parent. However, I did, uh, me and an ex-girlfriend a few years back fostered uh, uh, three uh, uh, kids uh, from the age of uh, eight to um, the oldest one was 17 before she aged out of the uh, foster kid program. So I guess I do have a little experience. I've got a few years of experience parenting, albeit a different kind of parenting. Um, And the only thing I I could see that that would lead to success there was, um, you know, fostering uh, a sense of curiosity for learning and for growing their knowledge and for education and take their homework seriously. Um, I would spend... I was very busy. I was working at first special forces group at the time. I was on battalion primary staff. So I was working like 14 hour days, sometimes 16 hour days. I really had time. And I felt really bad when I was, you know, she was the last girl to get picked up at daycare, which kind of broke my heart every day, but there was nothing I could do. My girlfriend was working on a master's program at the time and it was just very hard. But, um, we started getting a routine of, of going to the gym whenever I get home from work. And there were a lot of days where 
I was just so tired and I didn't want to go to the gym and I didn't want to do anything, but I remember seeing her face and uh, last one in day, Karen, she would say, are we going to the gym? And even every time I wanted to say no, I, I had to say yes, because I knew it was the right answer. And uh, yeah, you got to foster uh, some sort of, of health, healthy habits and, and educational habits and Tell them school is important. Tell them learning is important. Tell them their health is important. Tell them fitness is important. Make sure they go and, uh, you know, make sure they they get their gym time or their sport time and they go and and do things with their bodies and their minds and and learn. Thank you so much. That's amazing that, yeah, you said I'm not a parent, but you had been a parent, even though a foster parent, but it's so very important. And it is these kids that need so much and then find in the comfort that a st stable place for them to live and to thrive and to develop into what all the potential they are is available for them. And, and I'm actually want to share up to everybody that's done that, taking care of all the kids that are not theirs. So that's amazing. And thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, it's a big need um, across the world. And then here, even in some of the best neighborhoods, or not neighborhoods, but in some of the best regions of the U.S., um, there's a lot of kids out there that need help. And, uh, you know, it doesn't cost you anything. They actually, they provide all, all kinds of, you know, benefits and fee waiving and, and some sort of stipend too. So, so you can afford to, you know, uh, help with daycare and put them in, they have like YMCA programs. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, it'll cost time, which is very valuable, but I think there's, there's nothing like, like helping others that are less fortunate than you. And, and to me, it brought me great joy to help. Um, they helped me probably more than I helped them. Um, you know, even though I've been a war and done all these crazy things, uh, some of their stories were a lot more tragic than mine or, or than some of my friends. And, uh, You know, they helped me by making me stronger because I realized that if they were able to get past those things that happened to them, really, really bad things, that, you know, I should be able to get past these long days at work. I should be able to get past whatever valley I'm stuck in and, and climb, you know, where I need to go. And uh, I would like for you to give us some words some other words with us today and uh just want to thank you for all of the things you've been achieving through all these years since you took off from the valley of texas um well i you know once again the older i get and the more experience i gain and the more books i read and everything i've, I've kind of been trying to um to have like principles that i kind of live by or, or that that lead to more happiness and more success Um, and, and I've been trying to narrow them down and so far I've got three, um, or values or, or whatever you want to call it. But, um, number one is don't be a hater. As funny as that sounds as, you know, when people are doing better than you or they're doing good, you know, cheer them on and be happy for them, but don't, don't try to sabotage. Don't, don't be, you know, mean, don't say mean things. Like if it's none of your business, none of your business. If somebody's doing good and, and, and that's great, then, then good for them and, and cheer them on and be happy. Uh, don't be a hater. That mentality just leads to nowhere. Uh, uh, number two is be grateful. Um, be grateful for what you have, whether it's your health, whether it's all 10 fingers, whether it's, you know, all four limbs, whether it's both eyes. Uh, just remember that there's a lot of people out there that don't have a lot of the basic necessities, whether it's physical or mental or what have you. So be grateful, be happy for what you have, be, be happy that you're breathing fresh air every time you wake up, be happy that, that, you know, that you're alive and that you have 
a life and things are, while they might not be going well, you know, be happy for the things that are going well or go out of your way to find things that are going well to be grateful about. And and if they're not there, then make them, you know, find them and, and create that and then foster those. And that kind of gets grown you know, the, the gratitude bank gets grown. And then the last one is help people. I realize that the more I help people, the more successful I am. And, and I wish I had known these three keys earlier in my life. Cause I feel like I'd be in a much better spot now. Um, but yeah, the more you help people, the more you get helped in return. And this is something that you can quickly tell who's realized that key as well. Um, because you start telling them something about what you're doing in business or what's going on in your life. And they say, oh, that's awesome. Like super cool. And with a smile, they try to help you even more. Um, and then you remember those people when they helped you. And then when some you meet someone or you do business somewhere or whatever, and, and you realize that this could help that person or another person that's helped you, then right away, you know, it's so easy nowadays to send a quick text or an email and say, hey, by the way, I was just doing business with this person. They've got these capabilities. They're doing this. It might be something cool for what you're working on, too. And and, and it, not even just that, but also like fostering kids, volunteering, you know, it doesn't have to be business. Um, it's it's the more you help people, the more you get helped and, and the more you get back in return. And and then those three things, I think, are key for for anyone in life and in any stage and, and anywhere in the world. You know, um, don't be a hater be grateful and help people. I just want to thank you. And it's amazing also that you come back. You always come back because your family is still here. And this is something that calls always is blood. And it is your closeness to them and the, the love and the just the meaning that family is that I think makes it just wonderful. And uh, so thank you so much for coming back to the valley and bringing innovation, energy, and leaving us uh, your thoughts, your views on life, and also the future. And for everyone, you know, from that bad neighborhood or bad part of town or bad part of the country or bad part of the world, I mean, you know, there's nothing special about me, nothing at all. Um, you know, if I could, if I made it out or, or I come back, choose to come back or what have you, um, if I could do it, you could do it too. And and there's no, you know, greater truth than that. You know, the, the, the people that, that are out there doing great things, it's just, uh, it, it really is up to you and, and, and how much work you put in, how much you learn and, and what principles you live by and you realize and grow and, and foster. And uh, if I can do it, you can do it too. And thank you for having me. It's, you know, I'm glad we can make it happen. Yes. Bernard has been with us, sharing his experience in life. And this has been a wonderful day again.